What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Push the Tempo podcast, episode number, uh, I don't even know. We were off for about a week, just had a bunch of IRL stuff that we had to take care of. We are a little bit busy, but we're back now. So, Ari, how are you doing today, man? I'm chilling. I'm chilling, man. I'm excited for the upcoming deadline, trade deadline, everything that has to do with the NBA, man. Yeah, we got we got a couple players that we're going to talk about um, concerning the trade deadline and and them having a change of scenery. But before we do that, let's start off with our first topic, uh, the Miami Heat. So, so far this year, they have not really uh, lived up to a lot of people's expectations of them coming off a season where they beat the Bucks in the conference semifinals, beat the Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals, and then went six games against the Los Angeles Lakers. I believe right now they're sitting at 11-16, and 16, which is – uh, which is 10th in the Eastern Conference. They just came off a bad loss where they lost to the Clippers, who are out four of their starters. Uh, I'll just hand it over to you. What do you think about the Miami Heat so far this year? I don't want to overreact, but I kind of expected them to fall off. I didn't expect them to maintain that run that they had. But with that being said, I didn't think that they were going to fall behind this far. Um, I believe I had them ranked at the fifth seed to end the year off. And I mean, like you said, they're currently 10th in the Eastern Conference, which honestly, I'm going to, I'm going to be pretty honest. I expected them to be not that good, but also not that bad. They're, they're honestly one of the teams that have a lot of talent, a lot of ball movement and things like that. But it's just surprising to me. It mostly, to be honest, is probably because of injuries and, you know, Jimmy Butler's finally getting back into things. But, you know, one player that I'm looking at that hasn't really made a huge leap is a guy. And I don't know if you really like this guy, Bam Adebayo. Personally, I think he's been playing great, but I know I feel like in order for the Heat to do a little bit better, he's the guy that needs to kind of step up. You know what I mean? So I, like you, also don't want to overreact just because first and foremost, Miami has had like a lot of players out uh, because of health and safety protocols. Bam missed a game or two. Uh, Jimmy Butler is probably their best player, and he missed like three weeks worth of games. And since he's come back, they've been playing better, but they still got to dig themselves out of the hole that they've been in so far this year. Um, Goran Dragic is out currently, and they just – they've had – uh, some troubles with just staying healthy. Um, that all that being said, there are still some problems for them. For example, like their power forward position is really weak right now. They're starting Kelly Olynyk, and Kelly Olynyk is not very good. Myers Leonard was supposed to be a guy who was supposed to contribute to them, uh, but he got hurt, and I'm pretty sure he's going to miss the year. Um, and the loss of Jay Crowder. Um, sure, he's not like a, I mean, just like a a great player you could say he's a, a solid role player but he filled that four position very well offered them versatile defensive play as well as good three-point shooting you know what I mean and they've replaced that with Avery Bradley and Avery Bradley's a good defender and he can shoot he hasn't played I don't think he, I don't think he even played this year but he's a guy that I don't think he's better than Jay Crowder and he can't really defend he's not as versatile defensively as Jay Crowder just because Jay Crowder is a lot bigger than him um, just going off some of the stats, um, this year the Heat are 24th in three-point percentage compared to second. They were second last year. They're 11th in attempt. They were seventh last year. Uh, they're 14th in makes compared to sixth last year. And this is a team that um, last year they were 
um, they uh, they were a team that were you could say they were the underdogs. Like nobody expected them once the bubble started to make a finals run. Uh, I know I for sure didn't. I thought that they could possibly beat Milwaukee just because they were a tough matchup for Milwaukee during the regular season. But once they beat them, I mean, I thought that they were going to lose to Boston. And they almost did because Boston choked away. Was it either games one or two or games five or six? Something like that. And uh, this is just a team that this year, they're not really sneaking up on anybody. People know that they're going to be, that they're supposed to be good. And they're getting team's best shot. What do you think? Honestly, I think, I mean, it comes down to a few things. Number one, like you said, injuries and Jimmy Butler not playing that much. And honestly, Jimmy Butler is basically like the nucleus of that team. Um, And he's missed so many games that like, it's not fair to say that, you know, the Heat's record is what it's supposed to be right now. Like having him out is just like having their, their captain, their leader on both offensive and the defensive end gone and expecting them to win that many games. is going to be hard without Butler. And like you said, Jay Crowder, that was a big integral piece to their playoff run. Like he was out there guarding not only Giannis, but some of the tougher matchups in, in the Eastern Conference, like Jason Tatum. Obviously not every single matchup, but like he was an integral piece to their defense. But on top of that, he was a stretch for a guy that was shooting very efficiently. And, you know, just having him gone is just kind of killing their team and their momentum. And honestly, I feel like that was a really big loss for them. Yeah, and they haven't really found a replacement for that so far this year. I mean, Andre Iguodala, he's a little bit older. And, I mean, I don't know how much you want him playing. Presish Achua, is a, he's a rookie, so he's not going to really be playing much. Like I said, uh, Myers Leonard is hurt and Goran Rogic as well. And Mo Harkless is a guy who it looks like he might not be in the league much longer. He's not really contributing much to them. And like I said before, Kelly Olenek, I mean, he can't really defend anybody. And if he's struggling with his shot, he doesn't really contribute much to anything. And this kind of is a bigger conversation about, like, if you are going to pay specialists, like defensive specialists or three-point specialists, like, for example, Davis Pertans or a guy like Duncan Robinson, if you're going to really invest a lot of money in those guys, because if they're not hitting their shots, particularly in Davis Pertans and Duncan Robinson's case, if they're not really hitting their shots, they're not really offering much to you because both of those guys are not good defensively. And uh, this year, Miami, like the off-ball movement, the dribble handoffs that Bam and Duncan, that was so successful for them last year. They're not really seeing as much this year because teams are really locking in on Duncan Robinson and they're making it difficult for him. And he's not really an athlete, so he's not going to really be able to like impose himself on a game. I don't know if that makes any sense, but he's yeah. not going to really be able to like move around as fast. And if he's he got like a lengthy defender, a guy who can really lock in on him, like say a Marcus Smart, for example. Like if, if a guy mm-hmm. like that, if a guy like that is defending him, he's gonna struggle to really shake that guy. You know what I mean? So, and plus in that game versus the Clippers, I watched that game and it was one of my favorite games so far this year. Uh, like Tyler Hero had 27 points. Like he was scoring doing his thing he had like five points to give Miami somewhat of a chance towards the end of the game like in that last minute or two but he couldn't defend anybody like he was very him and Duncan Robinson are so bad defensively and like I understand Miami saying that look we don't want to trade everything we have plus all of our picks to get James Harden but you saw last night uh, James Harden went for 38 or 39 points versus the Suns and led them to a 25 point comeback 
the Nets led the Nets to a 25 point comeback. And I mean, I would have, I would have traded Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson for them because I mean, Tyler Hero is good. Is he ever going to be as good as James Harden is? Probably not. You know what I mean? Yeah. And honestly, I think their biggest problem is when it comes to their talent. That's honestly, their lack of talent is um, like a big area that's kind of hindering their progress. Like, like you said, they came into the last season in the playoffs as a kind of an underdog team where, you know, like the only bona fide superstar was Jimmy Butler. And even then people weren't saying like, yo, Jimmy Butler is a top five, top 10, or even a top 15 player. And I mean, the rise of Bam did happen last season, but other than that, it's not like they had like a superstar, superstar level player. And, you know, like now they're going to have to rely, like they can't rely off of, you know, their, their game plan anymore where they just, you know, kind of kick in drive and do all those type of things. It's like, now they need an extra player. So maybe like, honestly, I'm kind of going on a tangent here, but you know, I think that they really expected to get another player in this offseason or the next offseason. And, you know, I feel like right now this team isn't as complete as what they're expecting it to be next season. Yeah, no, but you got to also remember that they don't have their pick this upcoming year. Um, their pick belongs to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, they got that pick from the Clippers in the – actually, no, I forget how they got that pick. But they got that pick um, and uh, – their pick, I'm sorry – their pick belongs to the Oklahoma City Thunder this upcoming year, so I don't I don't doubt that they'll be able to get themselves out of this, uh, out of the tenth seed and into the playoffs. Uh, they're just too good of a team, and they have too good players not to make the playoffs. But uh, I mean, if they really want to make some noise come playoff time, that they're gonna have to figure some stuff out because I think that they're still better than the Chicago Bulls. I think they're better than the Knicks. I think they're better than the Hornets. And those are three teams that are all above them currently in the standings, by the way, but the Knicks are playing well though. And I like watching the Knicks, but uh, they're a team that they can, they can definitely figure it out, but come playoff time, like teams are going to take them seriously because you got to remember last year, they were a fifth seed. Like not a lot of people really thought that they could make noise come playoff time. And then they made the finals. So maybe that might be a case. Uh, Something similar might happen this year where they go in with very low expectations based off the regular season they had. And then they go and they uh, they make a deep playoff run, just like last year. But, I mean, come playoff time, teams are going to take the the Miami Heat seriously because they saw what they did last year and made the finals. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. One thing I'm not doubting is that they're going to be way higher than the 10th, 9th, or even the 8th seed. They're definitely going to be in the playoff mix for sure, in my opinion at least. And I, honestly, I feel like they're just off to a slow start and I can see them getting a lot better. I mean, this is something that I texted you a couple of weeks ago. It's like, yo, how, do you know how much Jimmy Butler is shooting from three? And then <laughs> what I did you 43, say? I said 43%. At the time, he was shooting 6% from three. And obviously not on the highest of attempts, but now currently he's shooting 13.5% from three. And like, that's pretty, that's a slow start. I mean, Jimmy's my guy. He's one of my favorite players. So I definitely see him, you know, kind of stepping up in that department. And, you know, he's been averaging close to a triple-double his last few games too. I think their team was just off to a very slow start. And I'm I'm very confident that they'll be able to bounce back sooner or later. I feel, I just feel like they need some help. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, the Jimmy Butler thing, it's odd. Like he went from being like a league average three-point shooter for a while um like just like two or three years ago he was shooting 37 percent in 2014 2015 he was shooting oh i'm sorry i'm looking at the wrong graph 
Yeah, in, in 2018, 2019, I'm sorry, he was shooting 20, uh, 37%. And then just these last two years, his three-point shooting has just fallen off a cliff. Last year, he shot less than 25% from three. And this year, he shoot, like you said, 13%. Granted, he is shooting a lot less from three. And he's really going back to uh, what like his strengths are. His strengths are driving to the rim, short mid-range shots, and you know just inviting a lot of contact. And that's what his strength is this year. He's shooting almost nine free throws a game, just slightly down from the season before. So I guess he's being used more to his strengths. But it's just it's just odd to see a guy who was even a league average three point shooter. His shooting just regressed so much so quickly. You know? Yeah, it's definitely weird. I mean. I'm I'm not worried about him. Jimmy Butler is a hard worker. I could see him, you know, kind of pulling back from that and, you know, just getting closer to his average. But um, yeah, do you want to kind of move on to the next topic? Sure, yeah. Um, so the next topic today that we were going to talk about was concerning Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin. Uh news came out over the last couple of days that both Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin were going to be sitting out from the rest of the games. While um, both the Pistons for Blake Griffin and the Cavs for Andre Drummond look for um, like their best options moving forward, whether that be a buyout or whether that be a trade for both of those players, respectively. Um, so for Blake Griffin, I, I'm sorry, for Andre Drummond, a trade makes more sense because he is still sure there there's a rap on him that everything he's done like most of his stats have never contributed to winning uh he has that rap around him and that he's not very efficient even though he's a big man he doesn't shoot the best percentages but a trade for him still makes sense because he's still a semi-decent player you could say for Blake Griffin a trade because this year I believe he's owed like over 30 million and the next year he has a player option for 39 million which he's definitely going to opt into and take that 39 million a trade for him doesn't make any sense because you would have to give up pieces to get a guy who's having the worst year of his career. Do you want to hear a fun, do you want to hear a fun stat? Yeah, go for it. Blake Griffin hasn't dunked since 2019. Did you know that? Yeah, I did know that. I feel like that's a stat that's being very popularized on social media recently, just cause like, I mean, it's insane. You wouldn't expect it from him. And honestly, I think a lot of that has to do with his, you know, his injuries and, you know, his age, like a guy like that, that relies a lot on athleticism is not going to be able to rely on that same athleticism later on in his career. You know what I mean? And with those injuries, I just feel like it's kind of, you know, eroding his athleticism. He's just kind of wearing down. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's a, he's a guy who this year he's averaging a career low in points. He's averaging a career low in a second second to career low in rebounds and he's shooting um he's shooting third uh 31% from 3 which is not great considering now he's more of a stretch four as compared to that rim running sky demon he used to be back when back before the injuries took his toll on him so he's um he's a guy that a trade doesn't make a lot of sense for and then the next possible solution for that would be a buyout and that all depends on what him and the Pistons can negotiate and get themselves towards. Uh, so I, I'm going on a tangent. Do you want to talk about each of these players separately? Yeah, let's just do that. It'd probably be a little bit easier. Yeah. So why don't you start off with Andre Drummond? What are your thoughts on him? And I think without a doubt, he's still one of the best rebounders in the league. Um, he's definitely increased his defensive effort a little bit, but, you know, 
things that you're going to hear from Cavs fans or people that have been watching him is that he's just inefficient on the offensive end. Like he'll like go like 34, 35% from the field in a game where he's all he's doing, he's not taking threes or jump shots. He's just doing layups. And I guess you can say his play is a little bit selfish around the rim, but I mean, he's a guy that without a doubt is still going to be the best rebounder and, you know, he's going to be a paint uh, presence as well. So, I mean, if you can put him in check, I think he's still going to be a valuable player to have, especially now where there's not that many big men that can rebound like he can. He's a he's an interesting case because, like you said, he is a pretty great rebounder, but the rest of his game leaves a little bit to be desired. One of the main reasons the Cavs have kind of faltered as of late was because they lost Larry Nash Jr. and Larry Nash Jr. has become he's been he's been silently very good this year, uh, particularly defensively. He can cause a lot of havoc on that end and Andre Drummond just doesn't offer that same he doesn't offer that same defense rather granted his defense becomes slightly better but it's still not enough of a difference you know what I mean so uh like I said a, a trade does make sense he's on the last year of his deal and it's expiring and and a buyout does make some sense as well but I mean I'm sure that he would rather have been traded rather than bought out and then just signed somewhere for like a veteran's minimum deal um are there any teams that you think make sense for him as of right now well right now the rumors are pointing towards Toronto um in my opinion I don't see how how that can really help Toronto unless they're acquiring more pieces alongside Roman I mean if I was the Raptors, I would probably want to kind of get some of the other players that also involved, you know what I mean? Like maybe get in the Larry Nance or maybe Jetty Osmond. I mean, there's, there's a lot of players that, you know, that the Raptors can, you know, kind of want, but, you know, not that many are going to be on the Cavs. But I can see that rumor definitely happening, you know, that I feel like the Cavs are going to win that trade easily, though. But, I mean – at this moment, it's it's kind of hard to tell where Drummond would fit best. Obviously, as a Celtics fan, I'd love to have Drummond as a rebounder because that's just been one of our biggest problems. But, I mean, other than that, I don't really see him going anywhere and flourishing. Yeah, the Toronto one does make sense considering right now they're playing Boucher, who's been – who started off really hot and has kind of tailed off a little bit since then, but he's still, he's still solid. Um, Aaron Baines has given them almost nothing. Aaron Baines has been really bad. So that one does make sense. A lot of people really float out Brooklyn because Brooklyn still is, uh, they still have, they still lack like a interior presence defensively. And sure, he's he's not that ideal defensive player, but he's still miles better than uh, DeAndre Jordan is now. DeAndre Jordan is not very good anymore. But that doesn't make a lot of sense unless he's bought out because they don't really have the contracts or assets to trade him, trade for him, I should say. Um yeah, and those are, and then you said the Celtics. The Celtics do have that huge trade exception, so that's something. If he was traded to them, I wouldn't be surprised. But I'd assume the Cavs would want to get something back, like maybe like a young piece or two. And the Celtics have a lot of those guys sitting on the bench that aren't even playing. So it would be it would be interesting to see him go there. So those are three teams that just to me probably make the most sense, or I should say, Boston and Toronto make sense. Uh, uh, Brooklyn doesn't really make a lot of sense unless he's bought out. Yeah, no, definitely. It's it's definitely an interesting case. I mean, at this point, Toronto and Boston could just pass and, you know, Drummond would basically just be sitting out for the rest of the season. And I know this is kind of like off topic, but did you did you hear what Draymond's comments about this whole situation? No, but were they? 
so it was something alongside of like yo like it's not fair how like a player can say some something about you know like oh i i don't want to play for this team i want to get traded and they can get fined but if a organization does the same thing then you know there's no consequences and you know they're allowed to do so and they can you know publicly embarrass these players yeah i uh, actually no i did see that he did he made some great points uh draymond green People may not like him because they think he's a dick or uh, he's not a good player anymore, which is false because he's still – just because he can't shoot doesn't mean he's not good. He impacts the game defensively and he's an elite playmaker. Um, he made a lot of great points. And one thing I really like about him is that he's not really afraid to speak his mind, you know. Um, and the funny part is the NBA can't find him for saying all that because if they did, he's just proving their point, you know what I mean? Uh, if they find him, he's like, see, it, I was right, wasn't I, at the end of the day. So he made a lot of great points, and I definitely agree with him. Like, he, he's a guy that uh, his game might not be the most aesthetically pleasing, but not only does he impact the game, but, I mean, he makes – like, he just always speaks facts. And I wouldn't be surprised if he takes, like, Charles Barkley's place and, like, inside the NBA once he's retired. That'd be yeah, kind of cool. I would love that. I would love yeah, no, that. So would I. Even a coaching job, anything like I want to see more Draymond. He's a he's a cool dude, man. Yeah. So with that being said, do you want to move on to Blake then and talk about him? Yeah, for sure. So with Blake, it's a little bit more different. Like I said earlier, that this is a guy who this year has been he's having the worst year of his career. Uh, like I said, he hasn't dunked since 2019. One of the main reasons for that is that he's not like the the injuries have really taken away his his explosiveness and his athleticism. And he's kind of been, he's kind of been reserved to just being a, a three point shooter, a spot up three point shooter who a couple years ago, uh, you got to remember in 2018, 2019, when he made the all-star team, he, and he made, I believe it was all NBA third team. He was shooting. Um, he shot 36% from three on seven attempts. And that was really the last year Blake Griffin looked fully healthy. And since then it's just been downhill because you got to remember he went into the playoffs that year hurt and he played hurt even though they got swept by the Bucs. He, he did his best. Came back the next year, just wasn't himself and got he got surgery, ended his season then. Came back this year and he's just been awful. So tra- like I said, trading for him because of his contract doesn't make sense for any team because you'd have to give up a lot of parts to get for a guy who at this point, I don't think he's this bad as he's been playing. But he's still the trading away all those assets for any team. Just it doesn't does justify uh, just for one player who you don't know if he can stay fully healthy and you don't know how much better he is than what he's playing with now. Uh, a buyout does make more sense. Uh, what teams do you think make sense for him? I'm not gonna lie. I I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't get you know like he doesn't get a trade for him or if he doesn't get bought out either because I've been watching. Um, a few Pistons games, especially the ones against the Celtics. And, you know, this guy, Blake Griffin, he did, he just had like no motor in him. Like he was not running up and down the court. He wasn't doing typical Blake Griffin things. And, you know, on the, even on the defensive end, he wasn't, he was very slow footed. He wasn't really guarding any players. Um, He was out there trying to take charges, which is like, I mean, I'm not going to say, you know, you're a bad player if you try to take charges or anything like that. But, like, he was kind of resorting to it rather than just defending, you know what I mean? And, like, he just seemed very slow-footed and he wasn't really doing too much on either end of the floor other than, you know, the occasional pull-up three where, you know, as soon as you get the ball, he just pull up. I mean, I don't know if, like, a player like that where 
it's very risky to take him on just because, I mean, usually when a player gets old, you know, you're going to have to rely on their shooting, right? But he hasn't been shooting to that level either. And, you know, he's not like rebounding or doing anything, to be honest. Like, it's not like I'm going off on him, but it's just that, like, I don't see much merit of a team just picking up or going with that risk. You know what I mean? Yeah, because you're not sure how much how healthy he is right now, and you're not sure how healthy he can remain in the long term, particularly if you're a playoff team that has like aspirations to make to make deep playoff runs. You're not sure if this guy can hold up because throughout his career, he's gotten injured multiple times in the postseason while he was playing for the Clippers. Uh, he got injured uh, towards the end of the, his last great season in Detroit, and since then he just hasn't been the same player. Um, so it's very it's very difficult to see where he's going to go via trade. Um, but if a buyout was to happen, I'm sure there are some teams that would be interested in him, um, like just taking like a low flyer deal on him. Like Miami, we said that he, uh, he like their power forward position is pretty weak. I mean, is Blake, Griff- Blake Griffin might not be that much of an upgrade over Kelly Olenek, but he's an improvement nonetheless. Um, you think so? Yeah, oh man, I think I might have. I don't, I don't know, man. It's tough because Kelly yeah. Olenek stinks. And I, Blake Griffin doesn't offer defense either. Uh, I, all I'm going to say is at least from one of them, you can expect some shooting, like consistent shooting. Right. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a good point. You might be right on that. It's just it's, – it's very difficult. It's tough to see Blake like this, man. He used to be one of the more fun players in the league to watch, you know. Um, every game he would have, like, a dunk that would end up on, like, Sports Center or, like, uh, top ten plays of the night. It's – and now he's just reduced to this guy who he's only 31, you know, like he's yeah. he, he's supposed to be still in his prime. But injuries have just taken away everything from him. And it really sucks. It's tough, man. Honestly, if you told me two or three years ago, we we're going to be, you know, in a situation where we weren't sure if Kelly Olenek was better than him or not. And I wouldn't believe it. It, it does suck, man, man. It's tough out here. Yeah, no, it, it's awful. All right, what do you think the odds are of Drummond getting traded, though? Do you think that's going to happen or not? Man, it it all depends who's interested. Um, I mean, Boston, maybe, considering they have that trade exception, it just makes sense. The numbers make sense. He's making $28 million and they have that $28 million trade exception. Um, Cleveland is looking to continue their rebuild and adding some more young players, even though Boston's young players – uh, might not have that high of a ceiling. They're young players, nonetheless. Okay. Considering, considering Cleveland got Andre Drummond from Detroit for basically nothing. Like they traded John, what is John? What's his name? I, I don't know. John <laughs> Henson. John Henson. There you go. They traded him in like two second round picks to get Andre Drummond, and they got him for basically nothing. So they'd basically be giving up Andre Drummond, who they're looking to move anyway, get some young players back, see if they can play well. Um, so that one makes sense. Toronto also makes sense considering it'd be it'll be up to what Toronto's willing to give up. Mm-hmm. And no, I'm just wondering like what you think the probability of it happening will be. Oh, do you I'm think sorry, it's gonna happen? No, you're yeah, good. I I would say I would say I think this one is gonna happen. The Blake one, I'm so? I'm much uh, the Blake one, I'm much more skeptical of, but the Drummond one, I could definitely see happening. Yeah, I'm with you 100. percent You know, I think that this Drummond trade will probably most likely happen. I think that there might have to be a third team involved just because, like, it makes it a little bit complicated, um, especially because I don't think that Celtics are going to take them, to be honest. Um, I think that it would probably be the Raptors unless another team comes out of nowhere, but I think it would probably be the Raptors. So I think another team's going to have to get involved to kind of, you know, just help this trade go through. 
it would be it would be interesting. Partic- um, I don't know if if I was a Celtics fan, I don't, I don't think I'd want him on the Celtics. Sure, rebounding yeah. is a problem, but that's I don't think that's the Celtics' biggest problem. Uh, we can get into that if we want, but <laughs> now we're good. <laughs> not right now, man. I'm not feeling it after these last few games. <laughs> yeah, all right. But yeah, um, but do you think that the probability of Blake Griffin getting onto another team by the end of the year is a higher chance or not? Oh, absolutely not, man. I mean, what what do you what what can you do with Blake Griffin? He's making thirty plus million this year, and then he's making thirty nine million next year. There's no right. unless he's bought out, and like him and the him and the uh, the Pistons can come to an agreement of how much he's going to give back or negotiate that. Like there's, there's really no way to get, like we've, we've said before that no contract, that, that, that no contract is untradeable. Like for example, Chris Paul, a couple years ago, uh, when he, they were trying to get him out of um, Houston, people thought he was washed and people were like, there's no way anybody's taking that contract. And then they got, they just sent him to Oklahoma city. We said Russell Westbrook's contract and John Wall's contract were both untradeable. And then they ended up getting traded. So we've seen these albatross contracts get traded before, but this one is just so much more difficult because there's not a lot of teams that are willing to take a risk you, on a guy who's not good anymore. What if you trade? So like that Westbrook and John Wall trade, they both had massive contracts. What if you trade another massive contract for Blake Griffin? Are there any that come to mind that like the player on that massive contract is as bad as Blake Griffin is now? Kemba Walker, Noski, mm, <laughs> I just played it. Just played. Yeah, I know. I know you don't like Kemba, but I'd rather have Kemba than Blake Griffin. I know, dude. I was just, I was just playing, but damn. Speaking of speaking of Kemba Walker, do you think that the Charlotte Hornets won the one hundred percent, one hundred percent, man? Looking back in hindsight, I remember that day that trade happened. I was like, all right, we couldn't get Kyrie, but we got the next big, best thing. Yo, Kemba Walker's insane, yo. Even though I love Terry, I was like, you know what? We're going to be winning now. Hell, Banner 18, everything like that. Uh-uh. We look at it today. Terry Rozier is a beast, and Kemba is just falling off, man. He's basically, man, I don't even want to talk about it. It's tough out here. All right, for sure. Is there anything else that we want to talk about today? I got nothing. What about you? Uh, no, I think I think that's enough for today, then. Word. We'll keep it short for today, and we'll come back with a banger in the next few days or weeks, or in a week. All right, for sure. So, I guess I got you. I got you. (laughs) My bad. No, no, you're good. You go for it. Yeah. All right, guys. Appreciate you guys for listening. If you guys want to check out our podcast, we're on anywhere you guys listen to podcasts at Push the Tempo Podcast with Ari and Kyle. Um, you guys can check us out anywhere there. Spotify. You know, you know the whole deal. We're also on YouTube under the East Coast Browncast, and we have another podcast there where it's more of us. So it's not just me and Kyle, but it's like a whole squad of us. So pretty chill. And we also have a Twitter and Instagram uh, account at ECBcast. And we do some posting here and there. So if you guys want to check that out, be sure to check those out. And you guys can also leave a comment on our YouTube or anywhere. If you guys have any hot takes that you guys want us to go over. And with that being said, peace out. Take care, y'all. Later.